This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Dave McCann. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, July 6th, wherever and however you've chosen to connect, always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who enjoys a loose partnership with reality. His name is Dave McCann. Thank you. It's great to be here. It's great to be here. Uh, that seems to be the theme. Everyone keep it loose. You know, this alliance that was going to save the ACC and the Pac-12 with scheduling, apparently that was pretty loose. Loose partnerships. Didn't, didn't now there's the pitch of uh, another kind of a loose partnership that the ACC and the Pac-12 champion might play each other, say, in Vegas uh, so that they can generate more money to keep their partners happy and together, but they call it loose. That's a loose agreement. (laughs) Never trust a loose agreement because look at what we've seen with the ironclad agreements like uh, Texas and and Oklahoma. Uh, We're leaving. Uh, We'd like you to let us out of our $100 million buyout. We're just going. Everything's a loose partnership. Yeah. UCLA, USC, after all these years in the Pac-10, uh, Pac-8 or whatever, and and now the Pac-12, which is going back to the Pac. That, that apparently that was a loose agreement because they found a better one over here, and now they're gone. So loose, every you just keep it, just keep it loose. You can't get locked down if you keep it loose. Yeah, and with that, we offer you a solid show lineup, Dave. No loose partnerships no, today in Studio B. Ship. Yeah, no laid-back summer shows. July is jumping with college football and conference realignment. Yes, another day, another show of. Well, what's happening now? How the Pac-12 is vehemently doubling down on not going away. Are they going to survive? What does that mean for BYU and the Big 12 if that conference can't lure away some more potential additions? ESPN's Trevor Maddich will join us to discuss all of that and how BYU and the Big 12 take the spot of third most powerful conference behind the SEC and Big 10. Does he feel like the Pac-12 is going to survive all of this? Wait until you hear that conversation. But first, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headline. Latest news with conference realignment. The Big 12 is having, quote, serious talks again with Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, Washington, and Oregon. This is per The Athletic. The Athletic article said sources expressed optimism that new Big 12 commissioner Brett Yormark, hired last week, can pull it off. Listen, serious talks with loose partnerships on the mind. <laughs> what, what, you have swipe to left, swipe right. What are all the recruits thinking as these leagues jockey for position? And if you were going to go to this team because you wanted to play in the Rose Bowl and do all that stuff, and and now you're like, I don't even know if that league's going to exist. What, <laughs> what are you doing? Madness. It's madness. Okay, but we do have a little bit of solidarity from the West Coast Conference final season for BYU and the WCC and they have announced the 2022-2023 men's basketball matchups for the 10 conference teams. Of note, BYU will not play two games against San Diego and Portland. They will skip playing San Diego in Provo, so they'll make the road trip out to Janney Craig Pavilion, that's it. And unfortunately for BYU fans in the Pacific Northwest, BYU will not make the trip to Portland and host the pilots in Provo. So that said, now the eight remaining teams you have a home and road with. This will be the first time the Cougars have traveled to San Diego since 2020. So that's been kind of a popular T 
team for BYU to only play one game against since the league moved to that fashion of scheduling. And they didn't go to Portland last year. Yeah, either. it's been Portland and San Diego. Fortunately, they went to over there to play Oregon, so the vast number of BYU fans were able to see the team. Yeah. Um, we'll have to, it's going to take some. BYU may never play there again. It's weird to think about that. Yeah. So, sorry about that, but we'll see if we can. That's why BYU needs to add Oregon and Washington in the Big 12, right? Then they'd be regulars. Let's go. All right. Reason for hope. Assistant coach Cody Feger took part in the Hoop Symposium, participated in Top Connect Basketball Symposium. That was on June 27th. That connects the best assistant basketball coaches with athletic directors for networking and leadership development opportunities and probably future jobs. Hey, I like to see Cody have those opportunities. He has been stalwart in everything he's done for BYU. But he's still at BYU and doing fine. Yes. This Please don't leave us, Cody. It just doesn't hurt to <laughs> network. As How long about, as those agreements are loose. Yeah. <laughs> More loose partnerships. How about some swimming news from the Bolivarian Games? Tony Puertas, BYU, places six in the 200-meter butterfly. Josue Dominguez won the bronze in the 4x100-meter mixed relay. Congratulations to both. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at Bodyguards.com. Dave, not surprisingly, we have seen more and more and more reports come out about how different teams are positioning and jockeying to join a conference or stay pat and tether down to the Pac-12, specifically Utah, Arizona State. We even saw some stuff from Colorado come out and say, hey, we're in this with the Pac-12. We're, we're pursuing an ESPN Fox Sports media rights deal, and we'll discuss that over the next 30 days. And yesterday we're thinking, well, no, they're in serious talks with at least four teams in the Pac-12 to join the Big 12. So uh, at this point, we're, we're wondering, okay, what, what happens? Like, does the Pac-12 survive? Does the Big 12 need to make the Pac-12 go away? And is adding four to six Pac-12 teams to the Big 12 the right move for that conference? Let's start with that question. You know, we're, we're in this strange time of uh, free flow of information, whether it's accurate or not, whether it's credible or not. It's, it's not terribly different from the start of the COVID pandemic. And throughout it, when there was there were great opinions on both sides and they constantly flooded social media with opinion based on somebody saying something that sounded <laughs> credible. And so then you're like, well, now I'm on this side. Well, now I'm on this side. This is the same kind of thing, only it has to do with sports, uh, not a pandemic. But you just don't know who to believe. You just don't know, uh, is that tweet right? Is that post right? Is Could this possibly be? On one minute, the Pac-12 is on fire and going away. The other one is uh, the next minute they're like, we're going to make a bowl agreement type thing with the ACC and we're going to hold everybody together. Nobody's talking to anybody. And then you see a text, everybody's talking to other people. So that's the that's the atmosphere for our discussion. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of thought we'd see something yesterday because we're in the mode of, if it's going to happen, it has to happen fast. When in reality, it doesn't because none of this is happening until 24, 25. But talking and the hype and the fear of being left behind, which we'll talk with uh, Trevor about coming up, I think, um, uh, I think you got to move. It feels like it feels like you got to add teams, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's why, not surprisingly, the Big 12, according to CBS Sports and Dennis Dodd and several other notable national outlets, are in serious conversations, deep talks with teams in the Pac-12. But after having read 
things like this from John Wilner, who is in the heart of Pac-12 country. And keep in mind, John is the guy that broke the story, broke the story on USC and UCLA leaving for the Big Ten. He's very tied in. He said this, and, and then we'll continue the conversation. I quote, I'd, this is from a source that he knows. I'd be stunned if Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten will sit back for two years, then try to get Notre Dame. And not a surprise. We know the Big Ten would love to have Notre Dame. And how many years has the Big Ten been sitting back trying to get Notre Dame? 20? It feels like, yeah, 25? if not longer. So there's no, there's no like, it's going to happen, sure. even if they wait to try to get him in two years. This is John Wilner's source. Yeah. Again, the guy that broke the news, so this to me carries some significant weight. He continues, growing reality is the Ducks and Huskies have to, one, either make it work in the Pac-12 or, two, join the Big 12. Wilner says, my guess, number one, making it work in the Pac-12 is their preference. If Oregon and Washington, which we feel are the linchpins now remaining in the Pac-12, remain with the Pac-12, then I think that they will lock in their next media rights agreement for however long it is, five to seven years, and they'll just try and make it work and survive, okay, with the 10 remaining teams. If Oregon and Washington legitimately want to leave for the Big Ten, then it gets really interesting. But if the Big Ten doesn't want them, why why move? I, I don't know that Oregon and Washington joining the Big 12 would necessarily give them more money in the Big 12 because more teams and more shares of the pie to go around? Or do you just try and be like, hey, we're the big dogs now that USC and UCLA left. Give us more of the share. We'll stay with you. We'll keep the conference right. And they leverage that into more money just staying on the West Coast. So I'm kind of leaning that direction. If the Pac-12 is smart, they will do for Oregon what they did not do to USC, which is whatever you want. We'll give you. We'll, we'll give you whatever. We recognize that we'll you are the, you're we, the cornerstone. What the Mountain West did to Boise State. Yes. What do you want so that you don't leave? The question is, can the other teams in that league trust that Oregon and mm. Washington are being legit or they're going, dude, in two years we are so out of here. So is the window for, say, the some of the lesser ones like Utah, Arizona State, Arizona, and Colorado, which are the four that have been mentioned, is the window now for them to go, we need to solidify our future so that we know where we're yeah. going to be. We don't want to be in a conference where Oregon is getting more of the share. We trusted USC. Why should we trust you? It, yeah, we, we want to leave. We feel like this is a better financial and more solid place if we, as a middling Pac-12 team, move to the Big 12. So, again, we asked the question, is adding four to six Pac-12 teams the right move for the Big 12? Absolutely, that would solidify the Big 12. Yeah. 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 The, Yes. It would get them to 16 at least, and if that's the number. They're not going away if they're 16. See. Even yeah. if they, if Oklahoma State or Baylor, they get poached away by the SEC. If you're at 16 and you go to 14, you're solid. Yeah. Like, you're fine. So, yes, that's the right move for the Big 12. The challenge now is how do you convince the Pac-12 teams that may be considering leaving that – you can come to the Big 12 and get more money and be solidified. You don't have to stay there. Like, and, and at least you can sleep, go to bed at night knowing that you're going to wake up in the same league the next morning. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, hey, the Big 12 can promise a good night's sleep. Uh, <laughs> the, the other thing that's out there is um, the notion that should the Big 12 kill the Pac-12? <laughs> it sounds so harsh, Meaning but... if they If they take four teams then the Pac-12 would basically cease to exist no matter what Oregon or Washington did. And there's a quote in The Atlantic or The Athletic today in, in talking about that. Uh, and um, 
a, a group of five AD, not okay. sure who it is, yeah. tells the alien, shame on the Big 12 if they don't do what the Pac-12 was unwilling to do last year. What was the Pac-12 unwilling to do? They didn't want to expand. Which would have torpedoed the Big 12. Exactly. It would have ended the Big 12 yes. had they grabbed four teams. They were set. They made it very Oklahoma public. Oklahoma State, whoever, yes. just get four teams. We are, we are happy to stay at 12. We will have no expansion. Like, they doubled down on that. They had their alliance, which clearly was a loose partnership. <laughs> yeah, everything's loose. Short-lived That's the theme for alliance. today loose. <laughs> My goodness. But, yeah, this is a great point. The Big 12 was so proactive last year when they lost Texas and Oklahoma and you got to credit Bob Bowlesby for going yeah. like, look, we don't want this thing to go away. We want to preserve BYU football. was invited in a week. Yes. In the Southwest, in Texas, we, we want this conference to remain and become more powerful, which is why, uh, you know, it's silly to think that they wouldn't want to solidify it even further and just add more Power 5 teams. I know people are like, well, adding Utah and Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State is not going to help that much financially. It's not going to be – I don't think they're worried about the finances right now. They're worried about just having a conference that is clearly going to be the third best and third strongest so that if some poaching does happen, they're still there. It's not a like, hey, you take two teams, now your conference might go away altogether. That's the scenario that the Pac-12 is in. The Big 12 wants to add more teams so they don't have to deal with that ever again. They've been yeah. through it. They know how horrible that is. Like, stop dragging us into this. We're done. We're done with that. It'll be interesting, though, uh, for BYU if – if six Pac-12 teams came over and the Pac-12 went away uh, for scheduling for BYU in the long term. In the short term, it's kind of, I think there's kind of the feel of, you know, I'm going to stiff arm you over here. We're going, we, this is our moment to go into P5 status in the Big 12. But long term, um, you'd rather play those teams than West Virginia and Cincinnati and some of those, if given the choice because of the, of the region that we're in. It's easier for BYU fans to get the games in California or Oregon or Washington than, uh, than West Virginia. That's not to say they won't be there when the Cougars take the field, but what do you, what, what do you think about that? I think long-term it's to mm. BYU's advantage to have those Pac-12 teams come in, uh, but in the short term when, when everyone's ego's kind of up and, and, uh, and, and bent out of shape, that people don't want to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I, I like the West Coast partnerships. I love the idea of BYU and Utah specifically being in the same conference yeah. and playing meaningful November games with conference implications on the line. I love the idea of that, and I like the idea of BYU being able to go to the West Coast where there's a huge alumni base and the Cougars are well-supported out there. That said, keep in mind the Big 12 was ready to negotiate their grant of media rights and television contract just with the 12 teams that they have right now. They felt confident that they can go and get the money that they need with the 12 that they have right now. So adding four more, uh, again, I don't feel like the finance is like, well, how much more could we get if we add Utah and Colorado and Arizona and Arizona State? Yeah, yeah it's there. This is more about survival. Yeah. Like Add more teams to feel more confident about survival first and foremost. So that's why I think absolutely adding teams is the right move for the Big 12, just so they don't have to go through it again. Yeah. Which we probably will. It's exciting for us and for the Twitter world, but, uh, man. Not for the conference commissioner of no. the Big 12, Bob Bowlesby. Our question of the day. We want your opinions. Why is adding four to six Pac-12 teams a good, or maybe you think it's a bad idea, for the Big 12 and BYU? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. 
This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Matt Moon Double Zero on Twitter answers, adding the top pack whatever schools would be awesome for the Big 12. It would be a dynamic like the old Mountain West Conference, touching on some of those partnerships, Dave. Right. But with Power 5 football. For BYU's sake, I hope Utah is left out. <laughs> Recruiting, he cites. But it would be awesome to play Utah in November each year again. Yes, meaningful November games in the same conference against Utah. This makes it more fun. It makes it more enjoyable. I know you might hate the, the stress of it, but it makes it better for everybody. And it's still sports. We do this stuff for entertainment. Yes. To enhance our life. Uh, <laughs> let, let, them, let them play. Get them in. If they don't, you know what? As we've said before, keep them playing anyway. <laughs> it's a great game. Coming up, can the 10th best receiving duo in the country account for 10 touchdowns Ooh. or more this fall? Okay, and ESPN's Trevor Maddich, as promised, joins us for a lengthy conversation about conference realignment. Why he thinks the Big Ten and SEC may have some more major moves in play, and that will affect everybody in the rest of college football. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Friday for a BYU SN special as we look back at one of the greatest seasons in BYU football, the Reviewables 1983. You'll find Trevor Maddich in there. Watch and listen Friday at high noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. I'm willing to die on a hill. I think that was the greatest BYU football team ever compiled, Dave. 1983. I know they didn't win the national championship. Pretty good. That was pretty special team. 79's coming right at you, and then 84's yes. like, hey, we didn't lose anybody. <laughs> 96 is chiming in somewhere, right? <laughs> Absolutely. There are always other voices, and we love it. Alongside Dave McCann, I am Spencer Linton. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. Speaking of 1983 BYU football, the starting center of every game in that season, ESPN College Football Insider and five out of five stars, BYUSN contributor Trevor Maddich joins us to hang out in the summer. Hope your summer season's going well, Trevor. Welcome back to the program. Thank you, Spencer. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, every I, I played, I started every game that year, splitting time with Robert and I. Uh, he played the second and fourth quarter of every game. And of course, now you know, he went on to be an offensive coordinator here. And then at Virginia, now at Syracuse. And so Robert and I has turned into a brilliant football mind. And so he was there sharing that position with me. Have we asked Trevor the question of who's better, 83 or 84, since you played on both teams? Well, we can go there again right now, Trevor, if you'd like to um, make a statement and take a stance on that. That's a tough one. It's a really tough one. <laughs> but I think 84 was probably the best team mm. uh, overall. Well, you you can point to positions. So. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can point to positions where 83 was better. But I think overall as a team, the way that the 84 team came together as a unit with that win over Pitt to open the season with the Kyle Morrell miraculous <laughs> stop on the goal line at Hawaii and all the things that drove us together, I think a team as a whole, you'd have to give the edge to 84. Did that win you over? Or are you just going to hold steady it's, at eight? It's hard to argue with Trevor Maddich. It, it always <laughs> is. So now I'm waffling. Thanks, Trevor. I'm waffling on my hill. Uh, speaking of waffling, college football in general and the Power Five as we know it is floating out there in the wind somewhere. 
what's next for college football, in your opinion? And again, this idea that we have grown accustomed to of a power five. Well, what's next is unknown. Although I think we can throw away the concept of incremental change at this point, because the, the SEC absorbing Oklahoma and Texas was, was huge. But this move of USC and UCLA to the Big Ten has the potential to be that complete destruction of the paradigm that we know and the rebuilding of a new paradigm. And this is what people need to watch for to see if that actually occurs. They need to watch for whether or not an expanded Big Ten and SEC hold their own playoff. In other words, have an NFC and AFC style two or three round playoff to determine the conference championships, then have their version of the Super Bowl, call it the national championship, which it most years would probably be, mm. and then exclude everybody else from that. Only those two conferences are involved. If they then collectively bargain with the players, because you couldn't really have a collective bargaining agreement with 130 teams because they're disparate resources and commitment and needs and things like that. Uh, but if they have these two super conferences and they do that, uh, they'll be able to have a much more even playing field that they would then be able to collectively bargain either as a, a union of employees or as a trade association of independent contractors. It's the players now. And that would likely also include not just NIL, but also uh, very possibly revenue sharing as well. So if they could have a commissioner, if all those things happen, they would be then creating a top tier of college football, a top division, and then there's everybody else that they left behind. If that happens, then because of access to the national championship and all the rest of it, there will be a massive disruption that goes way beyond just conference realignment. Mm. However, if they decide to not go that route, if they decide to be the, the top two super conferences, but then still have a 12-team playoff, still include everybody in the FBS and all that, then the biggest change for most fans will be a different conference logo on some jerseys and a shakeup of scheduling. So the thing to watch for is, do those two conferences make their own national championship playoff that excludes everybody else? And they might do it, but we don't know yet. What seems odd to me, though, Trevor, in that scenario is, in those two big conferences, you shave off the upper six teams or seven or eight maybe uh, from those groups. You've got the elite teams. But the, the teams below them are subpar at best and nowhere near their level. So how can they put these two leagues together and say, we are now the best, most important 40 teams in the country when 20 of those teams aren't even close to the other 20 that are in the upper half of the leagues? They have a lot of people – would be asking that question. And I think their response would be look at who's been in the playoffs since its inception and look who's won most of the national championships. And it's essentially been Ohio state in the first year of the playoff, I believe. And then the sec and Clemson, and that's been about it. Uh, and so they would say that, yeah, it's, it's the upper tier that matters anyway. And then what they would then do is point you to other teams around the country and say, which of these teams have actually been a threat to win the national championship in the playoff era. So that's what they would say. Uh, is that, is that fair? Is it right? I don't think fair and right are part of the issue right now. Nick Saban, Alabama's coach has talked for years about the need to make sure that college football as a whole at the top takes care of, college football at the bottom so that the the whole entity works well. But what we've seen with this conference realignment from individual teams and from conferences is that, okay, that didn't work out so well. We're going to do what's best for our self-interest and let the, let the chips fall where they may. 
And so that's where we are now. So whether or not something is good for all of college football right now, I don't think is is the the primary focus. I think it's what do I need to do as an individual program and conference to make sure I don't get left behind. Great stuff from Trevor Maddich, ESPN College Football Insider. Trevor, it is clearly, at least from what we can tell, now a race to become the third best conference. It feels that way anyway. And the Big 12, according to Pete Thamel of ESPN, one of your colleagues and compatriots, he says they're in the best position to become the third most powerful conference. But that can change very quickly. What does the Big 12 need to do to become that third most powerful conference behind the Big 10 and the SEC? I don't think they need to do a whole lot different. If you talk about conference from top to bottom, I mean, the the four teams that they brought in to replace Texas and Oklahoma are are not just sleeping giants. I mean, they're they're awake and they're stirring. You know, Cincinnati made the playoff last year. UCF beats SEC schools from time to time. Houston is one of the most storied and successful athletic programs top to bottom in all of college sports. And all of these programs are committed fully to maximizing their opportunities, not just with football, but with all athletics. And so you've got four programs that come in that bring in recruiting footprints that are are critical. In BYU's case, it's a national footprint and even international footprint. And so I think right now the Big 12 did about as good as you could possibly hope for to, to move forward from the departure of Texas and Oklahoma. Now, if the Big 12 is able to to lure some of the other Pac-12 schools there, that would further solidify it. Then what they need to do is make sure that at the top, they're competing with the likes of Clemson. Because again, the college football world looks at who's your best team, who's your national championship contender. And so the Big 12, in order to really solidify themselves as that next league, would need to have a team or two or three actually compete for a national championship the way that Clemson has competed for those national championships. All right, let's say you're the commissioner of the Big 12, and in the next five seconds you've got to decide which four teams you want to invite from the Pac-12 that you think you can get. Who are they? Well, it's that you think you can get is important, and timing is important. I think what we've learned with this whole process is that it doesn't pay to sit back and wait for things to happen and see what the best scenario is. You've got to jump because you don't know what other teams are thinking. I mean, nobody knew that Texas and Oklahoma were talking to the SEC until all of a sudden, bang, it happened. And in with USC and UCLA, it just shocked everybody. I mean, I don't know how you keep things like that secret, uh, but they were able to keep it secret. So now if other programs, say in the Pac-12 as an example, say, yeah, no, we're, we're committed here to the Pac-12, we're not going anywhere. Based on recent history, can you afford to trust them? For example, um, you know, the, there's talk that if Notre Dame, uh, whatever Notre Dame does, the Big Ten might continue to expand out into the Pac-12. You know, Washington and Oregon are members of the American um, uh, Association of American Universities, AAU, so they fit academically. Same way with Cal and Stanford, same way with Utah, by the way. And so, you know, if, if everybody says we're committed to the Pac-12, but behind the scenes – Washington and Oregon are about to take off. What would that do if you lost an opportunity to then go to the Big 12 because you believe what they said? Now, I'm not sure. I'm not saying that anybody is being dishonest. I'm just saying in this climate, how do you trust what anybody's doing? So right now, the Big 12 is it's reported that they are talking to the Arizona schools, Utah and Colorado. Utah has come out and vehemently denied that. 
Utah has has publicly reiterated their commitment to the Pac-12. But if you if you move away from the individual schools and just look at the climate, I would think that if if Pac-12 schools that don't have a firm, you know, indication from the Big Ten that they're going to take them at some point, then if you get an offer from the Big 12, it would be kind of hard to not go. It's not because the Pac-10 now would not be a viable league. It would be with Washington, Oregon, uh, Stanford, uh, Utah. It would be a viable league. What you can't trust, though, is that all four of those schools and the rest of them are going to stay. You don't know that. So when the opportunity arises, you may see people go. So right now, the Big 12, the ones that they are are reported to be looking at, Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, would be terrific additions. Trevor Maddich of ESPN is on BYU Sports Nation. This feels almost harsh to ask, Trevor, but is it in the best interest of the Big 12 to poach from the Pac-12 and essentially wipe out the Pac-12? Well, you know how uh, – is it in your best interest to, to not steal a loaf of bread from the store? Most of the time, yeah. But if your kids are starving, then you got to do what you got to do, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting theft. I think maybe it would be better to go in and wash the windows or something like that. But <laughs> uh, for the love of bread. But how hungry you are is, is what matters the most. And so, you know, would it be in the best interest of the Big 12 to poach? My thought is absolutely. The Big 12 was the the – the least stable conference teetering on the edge of oblivion for the last several years. All of a sudden uh, we are crazy, but now with the addition of the four new teams and with the possibility of bringing in some of the PAC 12 schools, it looks quite stable. And if I'm the big 12, uh, I would be very tempted to do everything I can to further that stability, regardless of who gets mad at me, because right now the sec and the big 10 have both, set the stage they've set the paradigm we're in the age of poaching so it almost seems like if you don't at least try you're not doing your job well enough i think one thing we're seeing is this aura of that there's just so much money for all of these conferences um that no matter what they do like a a billion dollars in the big 10 and a billion dollars in the sec and and a bunch of money all over the place Where's all this coming from? And outside of your contract with ESPN, how does ESPN afford all this? Uh, and are they just going to raise the subscription rate so we're actually the ones who are financing the operation for all these schools? Yeah, well, broadcasting is in transition as well. And one thing that we haven't seen yet is what it might look like if multiple streaming companies come in and start to compete. When you, you know, Amazon's already kind of dipped their foot in the water by getting the NFL Thursday night package. But when you look at the streaming pack, you look at Amazon Prime and Disney Plus, Netflix, Peacock, Discovery Plus, all these different things. What they what they offer is fantastic original content and fantastic older content that you can binge watch it all. Live sports is the one thing that you can't binge watch. You have to be there. And if one of these streaming platforms can be the platform of live college football because they outbid everybody else it gives them i believe a a huge advantage in the market we haven't seen what will happen if that kind of bidding war starts to happen now espn connected with disney plus and so i'm not sure exactly how that would work out either i would say that's a pretty big advantage but at the same time that's one of the reasons that i don't believe that you're going to have too much trouble with the schools that are not in the big 10 and the sec if you compare those schools and their income and the rest of it to the two super conferences, well, they're going to be wanting. But because 
this this expansion doesn't change the number of games available really for the inventory for broadcasters you know there's still a number of broadcast windows they're still filled up with the you know a number of games and that's what it is espn on tuesday and wednesday nights in october and november run mac games and they get great ratings because people love it so the question is who else is going to jump in and start to bid for these things because the rights are going up like crazy but the reason the rights are going up is because the value is going up Trevor, in your very educated college football mind, full of logic and full of experience in realignment, do you feel like, based on what the Pac-12 is saying, trying to negotiate a new TV rights deal in the next 30 days with ESPN and Fox and with these schools, Utah, Arizona State, specifically saying, hey, we're tethered together with the Pac-12, are you buying that the Pac-12 will still exist in three years from now, or do you think we are witnessing the demise of one of the all-time great conference of champions? Right now, the way it looks, I think the Pac-12 will survive. But I think competitively on the field, they will have to overcome the loss of the L.A. market. The recruiting story over the last several years out West has always been how, how many top California recruits are leaving the state. So the Heisman Trophy winner last year, Bryce Young of Alabama, quarterback, is a California guy. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback for Ohio State, is going to be a Heisman candidate this year. Um, California guy, D.J. Uyunglele, quarterback out of California, one of the top recruits when he came out, is at Clemson right now. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, the top recruit in the nation, coming out as a defensive lineman, left California and went to Oregon. Well, now that USC and UCLA are part of the Big Ten, now that there's going to be so much excitement there and so much money, California recruits have even more reason to now stay home. And if they do, USC especially, but also UCLA are going to rise to become national powers. Well, if they do stay home, those guys that would have gone to Oregon, to Washington, to, to Utah and BYU, to other places, more of them will stay home. And that will affect the rest of the Pac-12 in terms of their ability to compete on a national level. Mm. Heavy stuff, great stuff from ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Always great to catch up with you, and uh, we should have mentioned this off the top. The beard still looks great. It's hanging on to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we think that's yeah. a good decision it's for you in your life. more of a Tom mustache, though, is kind of overshadowing <laughs> the rest of the beard. Uh, so, well, so you say I should keep it for the season because this – No, I we're not saying that. She's the owner-operator of the beard. We are not you know? saying that. We're just saying that today, you know – I think it looks, looks good. good. It looks You're good. right. Your wife's opinion matters most. That That is what matters most. Just go with her on yeah. that one. She likes it. Well, it covers half my face. I think that's, that's half the battle right there. <laughs> Trevor, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Great to see you. Thanks, guys. Trevor Mattis of ESPN on BYU Sports Station. He's a gem. Like, it, it is so great to have him part of our kind of cadre of Absolutely. And he's at the top of the list, right? Yeah. And he's he, the best. He was right there with the national championship. He's uh, in the NFL and and now a voice of college football mm. around the country. And, and he's BYU's. Well, and I appreciate good. so much that he just calls it how he sees it. Yeah. You know, as much as he loves BYU, like he's willing to say the hard things. And we appreciate that. We've been through some hard things. Yes. Through independence. And now things are getting good. Let's hope it continues That's to just, get better. It might just be a little different. Oh. Coming up, speaking of different, do you like the idea of six Pac-12 teams coming over to join the Big 12 with BYU, or do you kind of want BYU by itself and you guys stay over there in the corner? And an 18-team conference is a lot to digest. Plus, is 11th best in the nation good enough? We'll explain. This is BYU Sports Nation. 
BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show and get content throughout the day, you can follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Puka Nakua making big plays is always a nice way to come back to the show, isn't it, Dave? He's going to make a lot of those yeah. plays. Yeah. It's going to be fun. He's, he's in the best health that he's been in since Orem High School. <laughs> it's finally, right? Finally a healthy, full offseason and uh, coming off a really nice campaign, six touchdown catches. It almost makes you think we have something to say about Puka coming up. Really does. In the Cougar Whip Around. Nice Let's time. whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company, enabling global trade for a growing world. Phil Steele ranks BYU's offensive line as the 11th best unit in college football. Are you impressed by the ranking, or do you think Phil is sliding the Cougars a bit? <laughs> like, I, at one point, I think they were a top 10, but maybe a class has climbed up in there and he had to make a minor adjustment. 11 is great. We're talking about 130 Division I college football teams, if not more, maybe uh, one or two more have joined. But the point is, BYU is in the very top tier of offensive lines. 11 is great. You want to say they're 6, they're 4, they're 10, they're 11, whatever. It's an elite company, and I, I, I'm totally okay with this. Christopher Brooks has to look at that and go, yeah, I'm good with that. Jaron Holm, yeah, I'm yeah. good with that. All the receiving core, I'm good with well, that. I guess we'll settle for 11th best. I guess. I Holy guess. cow. Looking forward to seeing them uh, at South Florida as they uh, start to road grade into that season. There's a lot of expectation for that line. Mm. And a lot of expectation going back to Tampa after not a great trip in Jaron's first start in 2019. No, it wasn't. All right, NCAA Football Nation has Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney 10th in college football as a duo, accounting for nine touchdowns last year. Will the 10th best wide receiver duo, according to NCAA Football Nation, account for more than 10 touchdowns this season and outdo what they did last year? I think Puka's going to get more than 10 by himself. <laughs> okay, that answers the question. And uh, and Romney as well. Remember, Romney's been saddled with, with injuries. Yes, the, again, the, the key to this is Gunner's health. If Gunner is healthy, they will smash what they did last year. And I love what they did during the spring and what they're doing right now in their workouts is uh, they're working on the deep ball, which was hit, literally hit and miss last season. But as Puka made uh, uh, known to us constantly through the spring, yeah. is he didn't have a spring last year, and that's where you get the rhythm reps. I'd never even heard of that before. But the rhythm reps are uh, Jaron knows how fast Puka is, Puka knows how far Jaron can throw, and the two shall meet down the field. <laughs> so you work on that, and Gunner the same thing. Now all of a sudden, the deep ball is uh, is part of the offense instead of um, uh, every blue moon we're going to throw one. Sure. And then I think that opens up everything. But those two guys healthy with Hall and talking about that line a moment ago, yeah, they should get uh, they should get more than ten touchdowns. Yeah, I think I think honestly I think fifteen is fair between the two of them. Fifteen touchdown catches between those two talented, experienced receivers with Jaron Hall taking the step. Yeah, and absolutely. And if, if one of those guys is going to be this. Uh, best receiver in the country type thing that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, well, they're going to have to have that many touchdowns. You're going to have so, to go yeah. double digits. So it can't be yes two weeks ago, and no, nah, I don't think they're going to do it this week. Yeah. I, I think they've got to have big seasons. The WCC Hoops travel schedule is out. BYU won't go to Portland or San Diego, and San Diego won't come to Provo. Which is the greater loss for BYU fans? Uh, we've already mentioned it, no question. It's BYU's lack of a trip to the Pacific Northwest in January or February because – 
The Child Center is typically sold out for the BYU at Portland game, and it's like 80% BYU fans. So this is a this is a loss for BYU fans not being able to watch the Cougars come and play at the University of Portland at the Child Center. We've both been there to see yeah. it personally. It is yes. it is something. And I remember the first time we were there, BYU TV did the game, uh, and then afterwards. They allowed the fans to stay, and they brought out a microphone, and the coach talked to the fans, and the Portland people were so ticked off. Understandably. The BYU let them just take over the place. But the pilots are like, look at them all. What are we, what are we gonna do? <laughs> so in they came. And they're supporting the Portland program in a way by they buying tickets. They bought a tickets. lot of hot dogs and Sprite. Lot, yes, yes, they did. All right, Dave, you gotta buy stock into one of the following. So which are you gonna put your money into? Twitter realignment rumors, loose agreements between conferences, or the first summer league game of an NBA career? Where's your stock going? Well, there's a lot of rumors and there's a lot of loose agreements, <laughs> but I think uh, Chet's debut in the summer league last night, Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. I think he's, uh, one, he's, he's tall, he can shoot threes, he can play defense, he's as skinny as, as skinny. He's the Slim Reaper. He is the Slim Reaper. Uh, I think he's going to have a a good NBA career. Yeah, I'm with you. Again, we're, yes, we are specifically referencing the numbers and the stat line that Chet Holmgren put up last night against the Utah Jazz of all summer. Look, there's going to be more realignment rumors. Uh, there's going to be more loose agreements. Uh, you can't put your stock in that. Chet's going to be pretty good yeah, every time we, he takes the yeah. floor. He's number two overall pick. My stock's going there. I'm with you. I'm glad he's gone. You know, BYU doesn't <laughs> need to deal with him. Uh, now Gonzaga just has uh, four other five-star guys to bring in. Yeah, but they don't have that guy. It's true. He's special. Okay. He is special. Coming up, a rise and shout out to a region of loyal BYU fans. And your responses to our question of the day. Is it a good move for the Big 12 to add four to six teams to help BYU out? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. That's such a good throw right there by mm. Jaron Hall. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get the interviews by subscribing to and share the BYU Sports YouTube channel. BYU Sports Nation, tell your friends. For our radio and podcast listeners only, if you're missing out on those highlights on the TV side, it's really simple. Just go to YouTube. Google BYU Sports Nation. You can find all of it, right? That's how the world's come together. BYU TV Sports, it's, it's all accessible at some point. <laughs> Welcome back to the show. We are live in Studio B. Our question of the day is, why is adding four to six Pac-12 teams a good, or maybe you think it's a bad, idea for the Big 12 and BYU? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. Bradley Perkins on Facebook says, when the dust settles... There will be two to four super conferences, and it's in BYU's best interest to be in the club rather than outside looking in. So expand the Big 12, call it the Big 20 or whatever, and stay relevant. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's long-term thinking right there. If the Big 12 does not expand and the Pac-12 remain at 10 teams and they become the Pac-10 again, is it that bad if there are still five major conferences? Do we just call them something different? We call it the power two and then the next best three and then the group of five? Is that what it becomes? I think for the big 12, with 12, they're fine. You go to 16 if you just want to be like everybody else. I don't think those other four bring so much value that you all of a sudden go out and get a whole new TV deal that's through the roof. What does Colorado and Utah and the Arizona schools really bring financially to uh, – 
a TV package you're already sharing with 12 other teams. So I think that's a legitimate question. If it's so much, then yes, do it. Like if USC brings so much more to the billion-dollar media deal for the Big Ten, no-brainer. Which they did. Texas, and Oklahoma, no-brainer. Uh, if this is a no-brainer in the, in the checkbook, then okay. But maybe it's not. Maybe 12 is fine. And uh, there's, there's enough football for everybody. There's enough TV channels for everybody. Uh, adding those four is not going to make you closer to the Big Ten and the SEC, right? Not, not really. I not mean, really? That, that's what you want. Like, you want to try and take away some of the financial gap because there's no way you're going to catch those two conferences but if it's, financially. But if it's not going to be significant to what you currently have with your 12, then maybe you just go, let's stay 12. Let's stay 12. See what, See what well, happens. Well, and you're in a better position at 12 than the 10 in the pack 10. Yeah. If they lose some more, then, again, they're back in big trouble area. A lot of panic. And one thing that calms panic down is a little break. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some, some deep breaths and go, wait a second. Let's get through the emotion of getting raided. And maybe the Pac-12 can stay together. At N underscore Crowley19 on Twitter says, like Jerem has said, as far as BYU goes, the proximity and history and the rivalry with Pac-12 teams is better in most ways than the Big 12. So adding these teams is kind of the best of both worlds. I would love Utah to go back to the Mountain West Conference. Ha ha. That's not going to happen. <laughs> we love when Jerem is incorporated with any kind of voice of reason. <laughs> so... Thank you for that. Uh, you know, they listen, they take notes, and and uh, I, I do love those Pac-12 opponents. Last season was a blast. We played five of them. Yeah, it was so fun. Beat all five of them. It was great to be was, the de facto Pac-12 South champions. Yeah, but it was fun just just going. Hey, instead of playing East Carolina, we're playing Arizona State. That just that means a little more. Hey, BYU's got Oregon and Stanford this year. And East Carolina. <laughs> Yeah. Kurt Benson on Facebook, adding four to six of these teams would be a great idea for the Big 12. It would improve the overall strength of the conference and provide stability. Yes, both true on both All accounts. True. BYU would benefit from being in a stronger conference and playing the Holy War game annually. Also true. Yeah, so again, I said it earlier, it's not about finances for me when I'm looking at it from the Big 12 lens. It's about more stability. Like, you just want to become a stronger conference overall tack on four more Power 5 teams. You go to 16. Now you're at 16 with the SEC, 16 like the Big 10. You get 16 in the Big 12. And then the ACC's at 14, and they're like, oh, maybe we should add two more and get to 64. And now you got your four big 16-team conferences, and the Pac-12 goes away. Yeah. It's not about finances for me either. And it's not about finances for the fans as much as I think it is. Solidarity. Until those leagues start cutting us checks. Hey, you've been a fan for how many years? We're sending you a check as part of our new TV deal. Then it's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> hold out for as much as you can possibly get because we get it. Instead, they raise our prices all the time, and, and, and then they get more money from TV. And I'm, I'm like, well, where does it all go? How's it all about that? Really, I just want the blue team to beat the red team this weekend so I can talk smack at church. <laughs> That's how simple and this thing is. And the truth shall set you free. <laughs> it is so simple. We complicate it so much, but it's fun to do. Coming up, the elite voice. Yes, and a rise and shout out to some of those deserving BYU fans that we hope at some point maybe get a cut of the check. It's not going to happen, but Hang it's nice there. to think about. Hang in there. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Look at that excitement in that picture. What a night. 
Mm. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps or download the podcast on your favorite podcast platform and please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Our question of the day, we continue with why is adding four to six Pac-12 teams a good or bad idea for the Big 12 and BYU? Our lead voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, comes from Alan Anderson, courtesy of Facebook. He says, I think it would be great because it would make the conference stronger and more stable. Again, true on both accounts. Oregon, Washington, and Utah have better football programs than USC, UCLA, and even Texas. Uh, that's not true. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. That Washington's <laughs> nowhere near. And granted, Texas can't win the Big 12, but... Their brand, USC's brand, UCLA's brand, that's why these moves were made. It's not because of what USC's done the last three years. And as a result, it's, it's, it's you know, what is it or- doesn't matter what, what Utah's done yeah. the last three years. Okay. Um, so some debate there about yeah. uh, the better football But programs. I get your point. Continues. Arizona would make the, <clears throat> the Big 12 the clear-cut best basketball conference in the country. It already is. It already is, but if you had Arizona and now you've got Arizona Kansas on Big Monday, absolutely, or Arizona Baylor, that's true. But but the Big Twelve already is, um, and so that would just be adding one more to to a another a elite program to an already thing. Yeah. ridiculously tough conference. He says it also brings back the rivalry with Utah back in the same conference, which is good for college football. On another note, isn't it fun watching the Pac-12 squirm? See, there's a lot of BYU fans that have <laughs> taken a lot over the years that are just like, you know, I'd love to be in the same conference and all this stuff, but but right now I just want to just want <laughs> put up a device want to ruin their day just a little bit. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. We're giving it to the BYU fans in the Pacific Northwest. They've earned it. No hoops at Portland this season. You get a ticket to Gonzaga, good luck. But there is BYU football to Oregon, at least, right? Yeah, we'll see him there. All right, a thanks to today's guest, Trevor Maddich. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Dave, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Mike Empey. See you tomorrow.